Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new edition of the You Got a Minute Fan Podcast. I am your host, the commission. As always, I am joined by Actively Lazy. Yo. I don't want to lose that name. I think it's clever. <laughs> I mean, I we can. Know if your comedy career is going to, uh, you know, erase. I don't know either. Lazy moniker, man. I'm going to bring that shit back somehow. I don't know how, but I'm going to bring Well, if you get big enough, you can do whatever you want to do. But <laughs> true. But, you know, they, you still want people to know who your name is. But, I mean, look, we are in the generation of changing names, changing genders, changing identities, changing races. So, you should be able to go by a nickname. But, I don't know. That's neither here nor there. But it's a nice, it's a nice light moment for half the shit we got to talk about today. Uh, yesterday, I believe it was, the uh, federal judge came out and said that Deshaun Watson's suspension would be six games this year. <laughs> Your thoughts, <laughs> man? Um, I mean, if if you count last year, which I don't count last year because he they he, aren't either. Yeah, because he didn't. That wasn't a thing by him or the team initially. I think. It just it just kind of blossomed into him sitting out for the year because it was going to be such an uproar if he played. But that wasn't I don't think that was a actual punishment. And he still got paid, right? Yeah, got paid. That's yeah. True. So um, but at the at the end of the day, I guess the one thing I just want to bring up is that these people or this person admitted that Deshaun Watson more than likely has a problem, uh, more than likely committed some kind of offense. Uh, that was uh, sexually deviant in nature. However, it was nonviolent. So, um, yeah, and that's essentially what she said. But yeah. the most important thing to to that uh, to this ruling is that she stated there was no precedent in which they could base this kind of like behavior or this kind of suspension on. So she picked six. I, I'm, I'm guessing more or less because it wasn't like anything too egregious like what we usually see with Goodell in the league. They dropped the hammer hard, mm-hmm. um, but also not too light to where um, you're not sending the message that this this type of behavior is not acceptable. But, you know, to the public opinion, to most of us, I would say it was too lenient. Yeah, I, I'm so confused about quite a few things. I'm confused about why they only spoke to five women and one one of the women wasn't allowed. They didn't even accept that as uh, a testimony that she considered. I forgot why they threw that out. They only talk, I think I have it here. So this is from Albert Breer. Uh, based on four cases brought by the NFL, fifth case was thrown out because the NFL didn't approve, <laughs> interview the woman. The NFL interviewed a total of 12 women, but it's only women. It's only based on four cases. And then uh, Susan Robinson or Sue Robinson criticized the NFL for making calls based on public reception. So I don't understand if he's got 25 accusations. You spoke to four. So only four of them counted. So I guess if it's only four, if it was only four, would we say that six games was okay? I mean, no, I'm, I'm, my stance isn't going to change. Um, I mean, but to me, the, the large number just shows to me more so that he's definitely got some issues and things occurred 
if it was just four, it depends on the four stories that was told. But I think if if in my mind, if I felt like he violated uh, one of these women that a, a year suspension should do. And, and like I said, from the jump, not only suspension, the man needs counseling. If you yes. if you act like this, if you're uh, a, like if you have predatory behavior and, and this is what you think is acceptable um, to do to anybody um, to, to not adhere to people when they don't want to do something, if you're forcing people into sexual acts and things of that nature, you or even counseling. Yeah. Yeah. You need counseling, bro. Like that's just what it is. And the fact that she put a safeguard in there that's the only, only makes me feel like if this was a criminal case, she would have been like guilty. I, I don't. Yeah. And she said that they met the burden of proof. Just yeah. It wasn't a precedent mm-hmm. and then it was nonviolent, which is kind of weird, especially coming from a woman. Um, and it might, and maybe the four that she talked, weren't considering were totally nonviolent where he hadn't touched, but every one of them I read at, he grabbed their arm. Now, of course we can, we can decipher the level of violence, but to say something's nonviolent is, it's weird when you're talking about sexual assault, harassment, well, more than harassment, but coercion, you know, it's it's just a lot. I, I don't understand. The other thing I don't understand is why, and I've been researching this. So 2020, new collective bargaining agreement. They still made the uh, the Ridley decision and they didn't use her. So evidently, and, and Schefter alluded to this, that is for, he said, for cases like this. So you're telling me the collective bargaining agreement says that when there's something against a woman, that's when we go to the independent judge? That's uh, Well, I, I'm pretty sure if it, it's probably domestic, violent, yeah, yeah. type thing related. Yeah, I can, related. I can, but I can see, I can see that, or, well, even if it, maybe, um, you know, like with Adrian Peterson, the child abuse thing. Yeah, I, it could be. Could or or Tyreek Hill, if, if that type thing come back up again, uh, where he broke his kid's arm or something like that, or they said he did uh-huh. or something. Yeah, like, I, I, I could see, I could see it being any kind of relationship type thing. Yeah. Whereas the integrity of the game, um, which is what what um, Ridley is essentially get like you know being punished for. It, those types of things they probably wouldn't care to take up to um a judiciary like level you know like they they would handle that in-house whereas something that could be essentially a criminal offense um would probably warrant that kind of higher judgment i would say or interpretation of their bylaws and things like that like the way that she like the way she wrote it out like it makes complete sense from a legal standpoint. Like, you know, there's no precedent. I'm setting the bar here. This man needs help. He's more than likely guilty, but that's not what we're here to discuss. Like that's how I interpret it. So I was like, all right, I can see it just comes off more professional, um, less likely to have people argue uh, any other response. If it comes from a judge, it seems more final than if it comes from yeah. Goodell. But it's just, it's still totally irresponsible. We've known about 20 plus women since last season to the point where, like when it first came out, it was 20 plus women when we first broke the story. So we played a whole football season because he never played. 
and he asked for a trade in the preseason. So a whole football season, and you still only talk to the four women. There needs to be like an independent agency that also investigates it too or something. Because how can you only, are you telling me that only four women are available or only four women hadn't signed NDAs because you took forever to get it done? This should have been done last season. Why did it take so long? I mean, the real the real issue here is is that you are a billion dollar corporation and your attorneys and, and folks that you put in your legal team can't come up with a better case than this. Like for a judge to for a judge to to write out a um a decision and criticize any legal party for anything that they did throughout that process, it, it, it's got to be something like piss poor, you know, to be free. Yeah. Like, so it was just a sloppy job by the NFL. If you really wanted the guy suspended for a year, you damn sure should have been more thorough than this. Um, and and I, I hate that they took this approach because it makes it seem like the other women didn't really matter or they were just making it up. And it just feeds into more conspiracy theories of people being like, oh, they're just out to get money from Deshaun Watson, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's when you had this number, like three or four women could maybe make an argument depending on the circumstances, but we're in the 20s. <laughs> like, there's, there's just no, there's just no logical reason for that many people who are so far apart from each other, they're not even from the same locality. They're all from the internet. They're all from like Instagram and stuff, right? Like for them to, to somehow collude in this type of like way, like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm confused. I, they're always so incompetent and it doesn't have to be that way. We have another story that shows their incompetence later. Uh, but before we get off of this horrible topic, what were your and I'll and I'll read the uh, Ridley. Well, not it's not the Ridley tweet. It's about Ridley, but Cordell Cordell Patterson um, said this. He says, "Free my dog," and he posted a picture. Did he post a picture of himself, or oh, he's in the picture. Okay, he posted a picture of himself, and Ridley's in there. And a lot of people have said, "Hey, Tom Brady got four games for Deflate Gate. Uh, Ridley got a whole season, which ends up being like eighteen games past last season." Uh, you have um, other people that have had things and they haven't had this kind of uh, response from the league. Um, Zeke did get six games, I think. And then I know Ben got six games. So those are more comparable. But what do you think of those comparisons? Calvin really ain't Zeke. Calvin really ain't Ben. Calvin really ain't Brady. The Falcons ain't the Patriots, the Cowboys or the goddamn Steelers. This is the way the world works. Unfortunately, You know, you're you're essentially a nobody. Um, life's not fair. The damn league definitely ain't fair. And um, to me, I can see from a business standpoint, not from a moral standpoint, from a business standpoint, the integrity of the game is more important than whatever happens off the field. Um, and and that goes for the women in this particular case as well in the NFL's frame of mind. I can completely see why they would go harder at Ridley than they would at Deshaun Watson at Ben. Um, and because it's Tom fucking Brady and it's the Patriots, if you go hard at him, you open up a whole other can of worms which puts you back in this same position where the integrity of the game is being questioned. And that hurts the product far more than having murderers, rapists, 
child molesters, beaters, etc. on your rosters because the public is quick to forget about things and they're quick to forgive athletes. So your best bet is to go hard at people who bring into question whether the games are legitimate, uh, especially with gambling being part of of your marketing now as well, um, than it would be for um, all these other things that we people with morals would hold at a higher standard. I kind of, I've always agreed, and we both are children of people don't realize, I talked to you about it, but most people don't realize, but we're both children of baseball. And so, uh, and I was never any good at it, but I'm a children of being a baseball fan and baseball being a big part of the culture and everything. Mm-hmm. We live through Pete Rose. So, when you hear integrity of the game, you realize how bad yeah. <laughs> of a thing it is to gamble on a game. And Pete always said, I bet on the team. Well, guess what, Pete? When you when you say you bet on your own team as a manager, what are you saying to your bookie when you don't bet on the team? But that's yeah. if you believe a pathological liar, which I, I love. Ain't no, ain't no degenerate tell me. Come on, come on, bro. It's, <laughs> it's not Hell no. Now, you wouldn't be able to get the truth out of Pete Rose. I don't know what you would have to do to get a Pete, uh, truth serum. So, but, and then with Ridley, and granted, it was through FanDuel or whatever, and it was a small amount. This is your, it, it, I love pro wrestling, but it's the opposite of pro wrestling. And at one time, pro wrestling was pretending to be a real sport. And so anybody that showed any signs of it not being real was fined or fired. There was a promoter named Bill Watts, and he ran Deep South, not Deep South, the Mid-South Territory. And if the the heels and the baby faces were seen outside of the locker room, they were fine. It was like that serious over that. So that's the integrity of a fake sport. We're talking about the integrity of a real sport that you have to know that is real. So I do understand that, but I'm starting to think that with how much noise this makes, the ripples and the culture that it makes when these guys do something that is that is predatory like you almost got to bring the hammer down like you cannot and they had gotten to kind of doing that but when you got a guy that got this that many cases and you're talking bill cosby type numbers in the beginning you got to come like you got to come down hard bill rosberger accused of raping two women you got it. They thought that was hard back then. Whether the court says it or not, don't get yourself in these situations. And maybe it's not that the gambling is light, but maybe you do ban people. Maybe you, I don't know what to do with it. Maybe you do suspend them for a year. Because I don't think the Greg Hardys of the world should be playing. I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do think Deshaun Watson should be out indefinitely, if never again, when you have this many allegations. Like, when you're talking about people that are just not just regular domestic violence which i hate to say regular where a guy had one incident with his wife and things got out of hand we're talking like greg like stuff that's greg hardy uh this kind of situation ben roethlisberger ray right which they did it to ray rice indirectly and also i think and i'm going to the rant but the league made a mistake because they should have put him on the commission exempt list and that would have clarified a lot too yeah so I would say um, the the legal side of me always wants to give people a second chance as long as they can kill nobody, um, uh, which I, I have a running joke about that. My granddad telling me when I was growing up, you can come back from anything but murder. Um, so I, that's kind of like my life motto. I'm, I'm willing to 
to forgive, not forget, but forgive folks if they get some kind of help to yeah. to kind of speed up that reform. So in the case of the Greg Hardys, the Ray Rices and things like that, if you don't have a, a history of, of this type of stuff, if you don't have any pathology there, if you go through counseling, couples counseling or individual counseling, anger management, et cetera, um, during that year that you're suspended, then sure, come back if people want to give you a chance. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm cool with that. But like, you know, a quarter of the season or something like that, and and or in Deshaun's case, paying the dude the whole year and, and not like addressing the behavior. Uh, if she didn't put that clause in there, who knows what could happen? Yeah, he can be just, some some people, some people gonna think that that we overreacted and stuff. But I mean, I I spent seven years uh, with sex offenders and working sex offender units and sitting in sex offender treatment classes and things like that. Like, there's literally red flags, glaring red flags to sexual predators, and they can be nonviolent, sure, but they're still sexual predators. I, I, you know, I hate to say like it, it is a privilege to play professional sports, and this is the only time I'll say the role model thing comes up. You do have a lot of kids looking up to it, but I don't care if you do some things that are personally objectionable to certain people. But crimes against women and children are—that just feels like a different type thing. And, and I don't know how many chances you should get. And I don't know, like, I think with Greg Hart, when you're throwing somebody on a pile of AK-47s, <laughs> I feel like you beat her. I feel like that's too much. That's like a lifetime ban. Ray Rice, I, I feel, I don't feel bad for him, but I feel weird because they got it on tape. If they hadn't gotten on tape, it wouldn't have happened like that. You know, and it can get a lot of he said, she said. But when you're dealing with certain cases and, and like, two people should accuse you of rape then in the same summer. Like, that's just not, you're doing something wrong. If 25 people accuse you of of messing with them during massages, you're doing something wrong. You know, it's just not, I don't know. I, I don't know what, but we give them chances. We got, but we got somebody in the league now. I would say he's redeemed himself, but Tariq, Tariq Hill punched a pregnant woman in the stomach and he's thriving in the league. He had a thing with the child and he was proven innocent of that. And so you never know, but I, I, I just, I'm tired of seeing it as a story all the time. And it's always a controversy and we always miss the point. We always miss the point of what this really is about. And we never learn a lesson and we never educate people on domestic violence and sexual pathology and, and, and just, and, and, and just how, how these situations work it would be a great conversation piece to tell people how these situations work, but instead we just get into the, he said, she said, is the discipline appropriate? And is, are they money grubbing horse? That that's the dialogue. Yeah. It's always about them wanting to get money. Yeah. And and we have people in the group say, Oh, well, why would you, it's kind of funny. It, it, it's, and I don't, I'm not captain save a hoe. Like, you know, I've run through women quick. <laughs> legally you don't talk about if anybody's got a question about that but you know I've, I've had you know whatever you want to say about my my uh my my ways with women but that old school respect you know the certain lines you don't cross and 
you you <laughs> it shouldn't be controversial to say that I would take the woman's side most of the time if she accused somebody of rape or doing something because they don't just make up that kind of shit. That's fairy tale stuff. In it can game. happen, but it's not. Who wants to say, you know what? Somebody overpowered me and victimized me. That's not. That's their worst nightmare. And like I said before, and I'll say it again, when you pay, when you pay, there is a certain level of tolerance that those yeah, yes. women will accept. And for one of them in in that in that environment to come back and say that you overstepped or you raped them means that you really went too far. Those women don't do that. And and like I said before, the, these mas- massage therapists that he was reaching out to didn't seem like escorts to me. They seemed like yeah. regular women. So that that's twofold itty right there. Like you should have just paid it's out for there. It's out yeah, there. paid for those types of massages or gotten in contact with those types and of it's people. not that hard to find. Yeah, who were cool with it. Yeah, it's really not. Especially somebody of his his stature definitely would be hard to find. You could ask around. Ask your friends or your or your uh, colleagues, man. Ask the dudes in the locker room. Everybody knows somebody. They know somebody. Exactly. But let's move off this shit. Uh, <laughs> a legend, Bill Russell. He died 88 years old. Long, beautiful life. One of the best men and people I've read about, heard about, watched. I'm not that old, but watched as far as videos of him and, no, you know. and seeing him in recent times do interviews uh just a legend uh i love 60s basketball and basketball history that's my thing baseball and basketball history more so than football history i feel like football history isn't as rich and football didn't really get hot to like the 80s like the 70s yeah i mean there was stuff going on but you could say the 70s but football didn't really get really hot until the 49ers start winning and it was more prime time but but baseball and basketball have always kind of been like these sports that we put on a pedestal and these people that were stars and, and too, like what I don't the first Super Bowl might've been in the sixties or something. I, I don't know. But the point is this man, nobody's ever won like this man and was a civil rights icon. It's almost like if you were going to do the athlete slash Civil rights icons, Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell. I don't even know if that's another one. Kareem. Yeah, maybe that was the first thought I was thinking. Yeah, about. Kareem. So it's like, come on, maybe Jim Brown. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jim Brown. That's I mean, because because that was gonna be my thing is that um, you know all the men who sat at the table. Yeah, and, basically. Yep. Yeah. And if you don't take Jackie, I'm not gonna say Jackie's not on it, but it's different. Yeah. Era. He 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 inspired them. He's almost. Yeah. Ahead of you know, he's on another level. Mm-hmm. And he was a he was actually a pallbearer at Jackie Robinson's funeral. Uh, Bill Russell was. And I heard yeah. some of those interviews and him talking about that. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna take it in a humorous place. I was thinking about this when I was driving uh, today. I was like, the only thing I could say bad about Bill Russell is that his laugh his laugh was really trash. I never thought his <laughs> laugh was good. It's really Bro, trash. That's annoying. You- them old, them old heads, them true old heads. They, 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 they get old and they, they, 
basically just wrinkled. They ain't, they don't live long like them hard lives. They ain't got much laugh in them. He probably grew up where laughter was. Familiar. Yeah, probably not even a thing. Yeah, so he didn't yeah. let it out. Like, but, probably... but at the same time, his laugh, he's so iconic. Everybody said like, that's infectious. No, that was not an infectious laugh. That laugh was horrible. Yeah, but it's like because awful. it's Bill Russell, you're just like, oh, that's a great <laughs> man. It's somebody laughed like that at your house before. Bruh. It would be terrible, but that's how amazing he was. He had white people on there talking about his his laugh was great. That's the only thing about him I thought was weird. But I, I mean, I yearly, probably every three or four months, I go back and watch the interviews with him and Wilt Chamberlain. They used to do a lot of interviews together, and you know, talk about the rivalry and all of that. And I heard a good story with the on the Ryan Rosillo show of all places. But and I, you might have missed it because you're, you're a lot younger than me. But ESPN at the end of around 2000 1999 they did sports century they did a, a little short documentary 30 minutes to an hour on the top 50 athletes of all time and they wanted to interview bill russell and so bill russell was like uh, you know maybe and uh because he was kind of reclusive he said what number you got me at and he's like 12 he said who you got in front of me and i was like willie mays he's like i want more championships than really may i get willie mays and they were like jordan nice nah. like, i want more but i gretzky you know uh who else would be on there? Jordan, Gretzky, Babe Ruth, those kind of people. And so Bill Russell, and then they had Wilt in front of him. It's like, <laughs> I beat Wilt all the time. So he's like, how about this? He said, y'all got everything you need. I've done enough interviews. Y'all not coming to my house to talk to me. And so then the list come out, they put him at 18 because he didn't. <laughs> so oh, snap. <laughs> he never talked to ESPN again until KG wanted to do something. Years, years. So this is 1999. 2000 all the way to 2008 9 10 when kg wanted to do some things with him he never let it go so they asked so rosilla was like i interviewed him one time in boston and i wanted to do it again and they were like nah bro he don't he don't come on espn but his competitive nature and he wasn't joking on the SPs a few years ago when all those centers were up there he's like i kick all your asses you know that's who he was you know yeah i mean he earned that he he got the hardware in the resume to to prove it as a player. Was he player coach? More time, player coach it? too. Yeah, yeah. coach. All the and a lot of the things too. And, and I think somebody on the big uh, IB Network page. I think I'm I'm thinking of doing some tweaking to that because it's getting out of hand with the races. The guy said before woke athletes, bro. If you don't like LeBron, you would have hated Bill. Yeah. Well, that that's why I made the post that I made uh, in my tribute to him is that um, when people talk about Bill, they need to tell the whole story and yep. I make sure I capitalize whole because what happens is our cultural heroes, their sports heroes or their icons become whitewashed. Yep. They try to do the, Mike, the uh, Martin Luther King thing. Like, yeah. Oh, it's just I have a dream speech. You know, all the other places. Well, one, he he's he's promoting socialism and wealth redistribution. Two, he was against your wars. Yeah. Three, he was catching on to some of the bullshit that was going on, and y'all and y'all want to ignore how you treated them in the FBI and all this stuff. And now Bill Russell, you want to look at this old man, but you don't want to ignore the fact. And it, you know, this is the funniest thing I want to say about, and it, and I try to be more specific because I don't want to alienate the people that are okay some white people word to ashley because i when i say when i when i just say white people he's what i was like i don't say y'all but anyway some white people racist white people that's what i'll say 
the White Walkers, if we had to identify them <laughs> for Game of Thrones, they want to ignore the fact they, as a kid, they told me Bill Russell was aloof. Kareem is aloof, and it's not just because of treatment. They said Bill Russell was aloof and antisocial. No, he's not. You smeared feces in his house and vandalized his house when he was gone at home, Boston. You didn't attend his games. You went to the hockey games. You called him a nigger and a coon at home games. Like, come on, bro. That's that's the fans of the team. They can at least not be racist to the, like some racist white people will not be racist to the celebrities. Like they give a pass, you know? They didn't even do that. It's a racist fucking town. And you wonder why he is so disconnected. And the thing I was listening to with Bill Simmons, and I've listened to this, uh, is a thing called Mr. Russell's House. And I hope they do it again. And they talk about how he invented the block shot and how he revolutionized the game and everything. But Bill Russell's lived in a part of Seattle that's like an almost like an island part that is geographically the furthest place away from Boston and the entire United States. <laughs> so that's not an accident. <laughs> that's not I, an accident. <laughs> I um I guess I'm gonna go in a different way. And route. he wouldn't yeah. even go back. Like they finally had a celebration. They never had like a big celebration for him. He wouldn't go back. He was mad. He was like, they said Larry Bird. He was really right. Larry Bird was the GOAT and the best Boston player ever. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's got three and I got 11 <laughs> and y'all celebrate him? I wonder why, you know? I'm just, I'm just thinking long-term, man. Like we don't have those kind of men no more, man. We don't have real leaders anymore. We just got people who always have agenda-based things. Um, and then when they do want to call out something for being racist, it's not actually racist. Um, and, and it's just, there's no like structure to our leadership anymore for the culture. And um, losing icons like Bill sucks, man. Like it sucks. And um I, I was thinking about, you know, like that the, the round table, which wasn't a round table, but the dude who cut Kareem out. <laughs> the, oh my god, um, that was that, wasn't it? Yeah. The, I, I hate to bring it back up. Frank but is it, a Boston guy. But it was it was just it was just funny because I don't think he meant any harm. Yeah, because we 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 jumped we jumped in offended because Kareem was the youngest, but you know, we didn't have to defend Bill Russell because like you know, people just knew, people typically knew. Uh, but it's just crazy how, like, generationally, um, it just gets passed down wrong, and and at some point, Bill's gonna be the third best Celtics player <laughs> behind, <laughs> behind uh, uh, Larry Bird and uh, Paul Jason Pierce. Taylor. Paul Pierce. He <laughs> <laughs> Paul Pierce knows yes. that. <laughs> Man, it's it's, so it's, and just let me clarify too, because it's yeah. like a podcast thing. I forgot to always tell you. So, so to explain, we had a guy named Frank Hung, or he, well, I can't say that one, H-U-A-N-G. I don't know how to say that agent name, so forgive me. But he posted, he said, Bill Russell should be the social justice award person, you know, the takeaway from Bill Russell, but it was Kareem. And he posted a picture of the black icons, like we talked about, Jim Brown. Uh, what were they doing? It was a boycott. I forgot even what they were doing that day. It's such an iconic picture. But it's Jim Brown, Kareem, Bill Russell, all together supporting the cause for Black athletes and, and activism. 
Yeah, it was like the Black Athlete Summit or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, a summit. And he cropped out, or the picture he got from a racist Boston person, because I don't think Frank is, but the picture he had cropped out Kareem. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we love Bill, too. That's not a slight. It just means this one, we got Kareem. You know, we just, we already gave, uh, and that grad, it wasn't social justice, but we already gave Bill Russell the one award. It's, it's, with Black people, it's okay to spread the wealth. We don't get that many accolades. Like, so we're not real greedy about them, you know? I guarantee mm-hmm. you, Bill Russell was not upset about that. No, not at all. Um, but it is what it is, man. Like, it's, I guess it's just all people like us to make sure that we get the message out, man. Like, don't don't try to sell me Bill Russell's legacy. It's, it's definitely bigger than basketball. Just a minute. And then two people don't realize because I've had to argue Wilt versus in the sports group, Wilt versus Russell, and I worship Wilt. But I love Bill Russell. Like if there's a second favorite player from that generation, the the first time I heard about both of them was the damn rivalry. The first thing I ever read about was the rivalry between Russell and Chamberlain. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Then I saw all the Chamberlain stats. But when you talk about what Bill Russell was doing, like just routinely having 25 rebound games and, and dropping 25 and 25, and you're just like, what? Him, like, Wilt would have like 40 rebounds. He would have 30 rebounds in a game. It's like, what the fuck were these two people on? Like, you can't do that. I don't care who you're playing against to have that much energy. You're like, oh, to shoot more shots. You know how hard it is to still keep doing it, getting the rebounds? These lazy ass players now, they're not going for those 20, ass re- 20 rebounds. As soon as they get their triple double, they're good to go, you know? Every time I look at them old photos, I just be like, how is them shoes comfortable, man? That's true, too. The shoes are awful. The travel was awful, especially for a big man. If people were racist, call you a nigger in every town. So it, it was not it was not easy, you know, and that's what I try to say. You know, we can do the time travel thing, but I will never, never undersell. First of all, they said that plumber shit and that's more of a baseball thing with the roofers and the plumbers, but and there were more teams in baseball too most of the time. But a they can't find the plumbers or name who was who were the plumbers. But to win eight in a row, do you know how much discipline that took? How often they played through injuries? How often? Like I don't think there's no if you put if you put let's say I don't know if you if you kept that Golden State team together. But they win eight in a row. Well, A, they got hurt, so you couldn't do it. They wouldn't win eight in a row. They wouldn't win 11 championships because the drive, the leadership, everything you know about Bill Russell leading that team and the men involved in that were just committed to winning on every level and nothing else. And you got to respect that. I don't care who you were playing against. And they were playing against good people too, by the way. Like Wilt fucking Chamberlain. Like Elger fucking Baylor. Jerry fucking West. So they were playing against good people too. But to be able to do that, man, I, I can't I, just do anything eight times in a row. You're talking about going through 82 game seasons and winning eight times in a row. That, that, that It's amazing. Yeah, like just the consistency of it all is just what's incredible. And, and, and in any era, man, any era, consistency of that nature is incredible. And so, you know, granted, they had even having a stacked team to be able to do that. It's really hard to do. And, and with the egos and just everything. And then he was able to do it as a coach. And then there were even times like and one of the, when Wilt went to the Lakers 
and they still beat them. And uh, Bill Russell was 11 and 0 in game fucking sevens. That's not an accident. <laughs> you know, I can say whatever I want to say about Wilt, and I do think Wilt was a better individual player. But we're talking about impact on basketball and life is Bill Russell by a lot. And also, I do think he has stacked teams, but yeah. it has something to do with why these stacked teams were winning as much as you can have a stacked team and get four championships. Eight, 11, had a lot to do with the lead dog. If you stand out on the stacked team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> by a lot. You're the best yeah. player on a stacked team by a lot. And the leader. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and eventually the coach. So it's like, okay. When when people talk about that that era of Boston Celtic basketball, Bill Russell is the first name that they mentioned. Exactly. And he would even say on the racist thing, they kept pushing Kuzi. Like, oh, we can't win without Kuzi. He said, I dropped 25 and 25. They said, oh, it's Kuzi. They're like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. you don't see that he, and so then I think Kuzi retired in the mid 60s. So he went on to win like another seven or something stupid. <laughs> so it's like, come on, bro. It's a shame that man had to put up with that bullshit. And, and that's supposed to be the, the great North, you know, that's supposed to be the, the you know, the non racist part. But, oh, but yeah, just a fascinating man. If you can, if you guys, if you can find Mr. Russell's house, um, I know I, I kind of just trashed it, but I remember it being good. I was going to post the Sports Century uh, 30 or 45 minute documentary on Bill Russell. Those are always fantastic. Uh, you might not get, they uh, uh, must have had to use some old clips, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's just it's sad, but at least he's getting his flowers. Sometimes I think when these people die, not that you ever want to see a death, but it gives us time to remember them and understand their full impact even though it was overshadowed by the fucking Deshaun Watson bullshit. But you do get that opportunity to shine light on that person. Yeah, they, uh, somebody on my uh, Facebook said they showed uh, 20 minutes of Bill Russell and two hours of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I was on yeah, it too. Yeah, he said, I'm done yeah. with ESPN. I think it was Jacoby Turner probably. We yeah, that, that sounds about right. Hey, bro. I, I, I noticed too, I, was like, I kept waiting for Bill Russell stories and it just didn't keep coming. The funny thing was, they had Michael Wilbon on. Michael Wilbon. Been in sports media but longer than we've been living. They made him comment on the Deshaun Watson stuff before he commented on the Bill Russell stuff. They said, oh, we bought you in for the Bill Russell, but can you talk about Deshaun Watson first? Like, and come he, on. He should have told him no. I know, right? But, you know, he's a company man. Yeah, I know. So, I, near I, your heart. I'm sure this made you excited, excited, but I don't know why it made you excited because there's no reflection on the GOAT, but whatever. Um, the NFL ruled the Dolphins had impermissible communications with Ty Brady in two. Why you? Why you? Wait, 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 wait! Whenever it's related to Brady, you don't flow as well when you're talking. Like, <laughs> like are you nervous? Are you are you okay with with what I'm about to say? No, like, I'm just waiting for you, you interrupt me. You know, no, I'm waiting for you to know something about something. Every single issue in the NFL. The, the root of the problem is Tom fucking Brady, man. Everything he's so toxic. He's so Everything toxic. Domestic violence Look, he's so problem. toxic. He's been, he's been involved in two incidents on two separate teams in two separate states, man. One of the teams he ain't even affiliated with. <laughs> Remember they were talking about giving him ownership? Remember, that's what the story is from. They were doing some hardcore selling. They said they were giving part of the team. 
oh, I thought that was a lie. But it don't mean he he talked to him. They just they they offered, you know. If your wife, if somebody, if a man come up to your wife on the street and start hollering, that ain't your wife's fault. As long as she don't go nowhere with him, you know. Man, y'all, y'all, the excuses y'all make for this man. We, we talked, we just talked about pathology about ten minutes ago. I'm gonna show you some pathology right here. Tom Brady got a rap sheet, bro, and and, and he says, always, he always, he always got his toe in the water, but he ain't all the way in there. That's why he'll never really get hit over the head. But he know. He so this know, happened but... during the 2019 season and postseason, as well as during and after 2020, 21. Those discussions were centered on Brady becoming a limited partner in the Dolphins. <laughs> the NFL is stripping the Dolphins of their 2023 first round. I didn't realize it's first round. First round pick, 2024 third round pick for tampering. Owner Stephen Ross has been fined $1.5 million and is suspended until October 17th. Okay, so I read the whole thing. Look, bro, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And you, Atlanta, I mean, Miami ain't won shit since... Don Shula, so you got to shoot your shot. Yeah, they ain't won shit, but they successfully, consistently beat the Brady machine in Miami. So well, it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. Why he want to join them? Then they put that man on a boat, offered him Did not want to everything. Them, the only, the only thing that kept him, the only thing that kept him from um making the deal there was he saw how nervous Flores was because Flores was like, "This shit look illegal. I'm out." <laughs> And Brady was like, all right, your man's right here shaking you. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. That would have been enough. Flores told on him. I bet the NFL is so dumb. They didn't have it in there that a player can't be part owner. The NBA has it. But the NFL is so, like, non-forward thinking. It's very possible that they don't even have it in there. Uh, or why, um, you know? I don't – like, like, current player? But yeah. Or, or, sure. or be part of the, part of the deal? Because didn't Elway kind of have a deal like that? It, it was like under the table, I think. Or yeah. Not. Okay. All right. Because you know what I mean. Because his dumbass sold his his uh steak uh too early, and and um once they sold the team, just yeah, like, yeah, I saw that too. He yeah. Messed yeah, he messed up. Yeah, that was a while back. So, I don't know. But yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't wouldn't doubt the NFL. It's it's. <laughs> uh, man, look, it, it never hurts to listen. As I'm saying, it never you know he didn't make any commitments. Never hurts to listen. <laughs> He listened to what people got to say, man. You know what I mean? He didn't make any commitments. I, I don't want to hear any kind of slander. You're, folk, you're blaming the victim of the crime. It's, it's not Tom's fault this happened. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just baffled by how this consists. Like, they didn't even, they didn't even mention Tom Brady in the tampering thing, like in the hairline or anything. He was clearly on the boat, identified by Flores, and Flores is even like, bro, like y'all didn't mention anything related to any of my complaints. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like what? He was vindicated. Flores is like, look, oh, oh, oh I thought you were talking about Florio. Flores. Oh, Flores said it too. But then Mike Florio for Puerto Pro Football uh, Talk, he was saying this was happening the whole time. They were like, oh, you're lying. Man, I, I don't, I'm just, again, I'm just baffled, like speechless. Not to mention the fact they also talked about them tanking, and they basically the basically the NFL's position was it was said out loud to everybody, but nobody took it seriously. But it was said repeatedly, but nobody took the fact that y'all said that you. He said he wanted to lose on purpose, 
but none of the employees took the billion dollar owner seriously. Bro, that's bullshit, and they know it. They definitely took it seriously, and um, who would not take anything a billionaire says seriously? Yeah, when he's offering that kind of money, it ain't the first time he did it either, probably. And this is what this is from Judy Batista. Important detail in, of investigation, as Tom Pelissero just pointed out, the investigation did not dispute the NFL is such a fucking joke. Did not dispute that Ross said something about offering money to take gains. It says they were differing recollections about the wording, timing, and context. What does that mean? (laughs) He said it. Should you joke about that? I don't know how you... Oh, ha, 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 that. (laughs) Like, what? It's like, ha, 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 I give you a... I mean, the NFL got... They just got so much shit going on. Are we we still on the, the... Flores racism shit or yeah, what happened to that? Are we like, on the tampering? What, what's going like, on? If you're gonna make me pick, if you're gonna make me pick, the only way I'm gonna forget about the Flores thing is if you give the Dolphins to Diddy or something, some black owner. <laughs> <laughs> might just might just be a disaster. Uh, uh, we got a little group news. I saw Sir Malcolm Star. He posted a picture, and it says, "Which team do you identify?" Deion Sanders with more so than others. Now, I'm ready. I'm going to be on some shit this this year about the Cowboy haters. I guess I am every year because I get annoyed. You're funny, but a lot of these guys aren't funny and they really have hate in their heart for the Cowboys. Anyway, the picture has Deion in a do-rag. Well, his do-rag and all of them. But they got Deion, but in that black do-rag is iconic with the Falcons. Got Deion as a niner for one year. Deion as a Cowboy the other two don't really need to be said, but Dion as a redskin at the time and a Raven. Now, which one do you identify? When I say Dion, what team do you identify him with? I always go to the Falcons, like first. Okay, that, that's that's like, understandable. And that's that's because um I don't know, it's just that's just how I always remember him. Falcons, Cowboys, Niners. Yeah, or my, and, and or also my he's team. playing for the Braves and the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. That's when he was he was too cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a Cowboy fan, so it puts in my memory. But there was something for the most high profile or most attention seeking athlete, or one of the most high profile athletes being on the most high profile team. So obviously that's something. So I'll accept Atlanta most of his career. I'll accept Dallas. But these answers were just a little. Will Meredith said, Cal, "He's a niner to me. He played that one year, bro. Now it was like an amazing fucking year. But bro, he played one. Yeah, match. yeah. But he even don't fuck with us like that. Bro. I know. And then and then Will Meredith said, <laughs> "Fuck Dallas. That's why." So at least you. Oh, and I called him out. I said, "One year, bro. My boy Todd Whitley. He looks a little bit too much like Chris Benoit." Very reasonable. Very hey, leave smart. my boy Whitley alone. Man. I'm saying very reasonable, very smart man. He says San Francisco and Atlanta. Hey, we talking about football, bro. Lawrence Hurt, our boy Hurt. Lawrence Bud Hurt about the Cowboys. It should be his <laughs> name. He said, honestly, he's just prime time. Stop it. You're an Eagles <laughs> fan. <laughs> Where do you identify Dion? I said, I said, weird way to say Cowboys. He said, I don't remember him playing for the Cowboys. Mm, Alan, I mean, 
Bro, it might be valid for him. Bro. <laughs> profile yeah, he might have been over Steve. Maybe something was going on. Hey, now, now that I think about it, because I didn't, because I was, I was still relatively young when he was on the Falcons. Like I was, it was before I was ten. So that's what I'm saying, um, bro. But, but I mean, I my first Deion Sanders card was the Falcons. That's why I identify him with yeah, the Falcons yeah. too. He was in but, it all time. Yeah, but um, did he play receiver there or, or did that start? Very rare. That was more of a Cowboys thing. That was, I was going to say, I thought that was more of a Dallas thing. So if that's the case, then you probably could bump it up the Dallas one than the Falcons. Yeah, and it's just because the Falcons only were good a couple. Now for me, like when I, I my one of my favorite teams was the too legit to quit Falcons team that made the playoffs. MC Hammer was in the locker room all the time. They had Andre White rising and all this stuff. They had a run and it seemed like Andre was taking yeah, it seemed like Deion Swagger was taking over the team. So I, I remember a lot of that. No, they got the fight. Yeah, yeah, when he went to the Niners, yeah, the next year. Yeah. So, you know, I remember that. That's 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 fine. I mean it is it's it's, it's Cowboys are so big, but the Falcons or Niners, I mean I'm Niners. Falcons of Dallas. Then finally, dude Ryan uh, Belknap said, "I hate the Cowboys, but when I see Dion, I think of Dallas. Come on, man! That's when he started. Like his swag had plateaued. That was like Dion at his apex of everything: marketing, talent, everything, everything. You know, you can so, go to Dallas and be bigger than Michael Irvin. Yeah. So I mean, but it's just people are so petty. These people are really petty." They just, they just want a reason to hate, man. I I mean I, I give Dallas props where where it's due. Hell, I'm probably higher on Dallas than most Dallas fans in the group. When, yeah, when I'm, I'm being for real. I'm <laughs> dreading picking the Eagles as the NFC East team. I gotta find a way not to pick them for the NFC East when I do my predictions and stuff, because I know Jay Holly gonna give me hell. But I, I, I really do look like it's the Eagles year. Mm-hmm. The only thing I see being a problem is Jalen Hurts. And they're gonna have it be so comfortable for him that you know he they'll still be able to win. They're not going anywhere, but they might be able to. And we falling off. So gambling tidbit here, just off the top of my head, randomly. Um, I do believe if you since like 2010, if you picked the field or like the reigning divisional champion, you would have scored. A net gain of probably like plus like five hundred percent. Yeah, it's always like it's it's a it's just it's just it's just a last division. Yeah, Yeah, that's my last thing. I got to go with them now because it's always a different champion. But you know, it. I don't know. It's very frustrating. We haven't got there yet. Uh, We're gonna do team saltine news because I love team saltine. Yeah, but I found this on. I think it's a, a a Reddit sub thread. There's something like crazy Karens or something. So this is a review of a plantation. I won't even do it in a Karen voice. My husband and I were extreme one two stars. Very nice for her to give it two stars. My husband and I were extremely disappointed in this tour. We didn't come to hear a lecture on how white people treated slaves. We came to get this history of a southern plantation and get a tour of the house and grounds. The tour guide was so radical about slave treatment. The tour guide was so radical about slave treatment. I'm sorry. The tour guide was so radical about slave treatment. We felt we were being lectured and bashed about slavery. My ancestors are from Sicily, never owned slaves. And my husband's ancestors were German. I'm not even going to touch that. 
and none of none of his ever owed slaves. I am far from racist or against all Americans having equal rights, but this is my vacation, and now we are crossing all plantation chores off our list. Thank God, and it just was not what we expected. Oh no, this is the last sentence. I'll go back to Louisiana and see some real plantations that are so much more enjoyable to tour. Um, what did they say? If you don't like it, go back to your country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck did you not like? What did you think you were going to? <laughs> it's a plantation. Like if I go to a concentration camp, I expect to hear about some fucked up things. I don't expect. Yeah, it yeah to be... exactly. But that's the thing. But, but that's American culture, though. Like we we paint these things to be prettier and 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 a part of the culture and and I mean kudos to those people for telling the truth. Yeah I got I got married on a uh I got married on a plantation and um I didn't even know it was a plantation. I just thought it was somebody's farm. Uh-huh. And then it was like after we got married, I don't know what the I swear to you I don't know why I never noticed that sign. But I like looked <laughs> and it said it said something something plantation. Now it's called historic river river view on the James. Uh-huh. The people who run the property are not. It's not from their family. They purchased it from somebody else, and they went to school with my cousin. So I know they're not. You know anything uh-huh. like that. But I definitely slipped them a suggestion of taking that sign down that says plantation. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, it, it didn't look like any plantation I'd ever been on either because the plantations I visited. They had the, they had the big house. Yeah, it's usually a little different. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the big white house. You know what that is. And then you get the little the little house over there. You know, and some holes here and there. You know, and it's it's not something that I feel like we should make such a pageantry out of, but we do, and that's why people from other countries get fooled because everybody else kind of gives you like big red letters flashing signs when you're about to come up on some fucked up history. Yeah, but it, yeah, here it's like, oh yeah, that's, so yeah. that's a part of it. It's all, yeah. it's, we're all good here. Uh, little team nickel news. What what the fuck is going on with Jimmy Butler's hair? And why does Man, he- nah, 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 nah. Fuck Jimmy Butler. Channing Crowder gotta go, bro. That, that <laughs> is man, a better... That this is, man gotta, gotta go. go. That's a better... Uh, that is a better, but go ahead and get the background. Let me see if I can... Yeah, hey, Team White Skin, if y'all out here, man, your man Channing Crowder. I don't even know the name of the of the podcast or show. Uh, something uh, I can't. I remembered it when Kevin Hart was doing it. But, I, I I blocked it out of my mind because of the things he's confessed over the last like three episodes uh, that I've he, seen. He's hurt like, black people. Team he's, man, he's, he's hurt from the University of Florida. That's the only thing I could think of that would excuse any of the shit that he's saying. Like the not bathing thing was the worst. Like. Bro, you in pads and stuff like you played, you played in Miami and Florida, and you you don't really like the bait. Like what? The pivot, oh. what it's called. Come on, man. All right, let's see if I can get some sound here. Let's see if we can get some sound. I don't, I don't think you really need to wash that much. Like, <laughs> what you mean? wash every day, huh? I think you need. Do you don't think shower every day? Two times a week. Oh, three times a week. <laughs> 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 No, I don't really do well. You spent your whole life in football pads. Yeah, and I was an 
from Pennsylvania, they different up there. That, that's not okay. But hey, Cormier, uh, I think that's how you say his name, Daniel Cormier. Yeah, um, Cormier, yeah, yeah. that's the that's the dude that's like, yo, you don't shower, like, but wait, I could but, de- but, I could tell if it was him. Or not. Oh yeah, nah, he 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 definitely ain't really trying to stay in any kind of shape once he got done. He's always kind of wide body anyway. Yeah, anyway, yeah. But um, like for for people who who uh, in combat sports, you one hundred percent. Try to stay clean because you don't want to get ringworm. You know? Yeah, yeah, people. Um, because you're in contact with people all the time and grappling and stuff like that. Like I, I definitely could see the shock on his face. Like, yo, that's gross as fuck. <laughs> I did wrestling and I played football and like I said, I'm a big dude, man. Like I could never imagine not taking like a shower after doing any kind of physical activity. Like that's just weird to me. Like that's weird. Now I might I've worked out so so um. So hard sometimes I come home and I end up falling asleep on the floor. Yeah, and then I wake up in the morning and I take a shower before I get my ass in the bed or something like that. But like I don't come home, just take my clothes off, put on some different clothes, like, oh yeah, I'm cool. Nah, man, what the hell? And for him to say he he what did he say? He wrenched? Man, you from Pennsylvania. You do not talk like that. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Stop that shit. That's our language down here, yo. yeah, right, right. And a little bit further down, <laughs> we had uh, we had a little message I just got from Kevin Nichols real quick. Oh, uh, he said, and I and I know why because it's Atlanta, but that wasn't even his first team, so I don't know why he wants it so bad. But is Stephen Jackson a Hall of Famer? Stephen Jackson, Stephen. Oh, the running back. Because I was, I was like Stephen Jackson. Oh yeah, basketball. Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. Answer your question. Stephen like, Jackson, the running back. No, I like. How is that even a a question in your mind, bro? Maybe I need to look at the stats, and I don't. I don't. I'm not no. missing something. And I like Stephen Jackson. I mean, Stephen Jackson was a beast, but Hall of Famer at running back is tough. So he's the 18th leading rusher of all time. Already, we we got a struggle there, buddy. Uh, he played. He has eleven thousand yards. Like the eighteen leading rusher should not be when your career is over. Wait, his career is over, been over, but not that many people have passed him. So let's see where where is he? Touchdowns, sixty nine touchdowns. Uh, I need a running back to have like eighty, and I need. It, it, usually, your first reaction for a Hall of Famer is, and I can't. I, you know, I don't know. We got. Fred Taylor's ahead of him. He's not in. Thurman Thomas is in. He's ahead of him. Franco Harris, Marcus Allen, Edger James, all those guys are in. Marshall Falk, Jim Brown, Tony Darsett, Eric Dickerson, Jerome Bettis is eight. He's not in any of those guys' league, though. Yeah, they're all legends. Like, I mean, Stephen Jackson was good, but I wouldn't consider him a legend. Yeah, these guys are. I'd, I'd argue Todd Gurley was better. Just couldn't stay yeah, healthy. The, yeah. So, Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, Frank Gore, Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson. I think all those people will get in, and obviously the, the, the first the three of the five are in. I think Adrian Peterson will get in, and I think Frank Gore will get in. Curtis Martin is in. Danny Thomason is in. Jerome Bettis is in. These are all guys with 13,000 uh, yards. Eric Dickerson, Tony Darsett, you got uh, 12, 1,200, 739. Jim Brown, Marshall Falk, Edgar James, 
Marcus out. Like he's not on these people. You you could, we would mention this this Negro in the same breath as those guys. Now, what you would mention him in the same breath with is Corey Dillon, who has eleven thousand yards, not in the Hall of Fame, and eleven thousand two hundred forty-one. Whereas Stevie Jackson has eleven thousand four hundred thirty-eight. That's right where he belongs. And you got John Riggins, who's in, but it's a different era. But he's in, and he's in because they won some Super Bowls, or at least one, and he was a big part of it. So, Deshaun McCoy would actually be a better, more interesting one. He has eleven thousand yards. <laughs> to Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't play. I mean, he can get into the uh, St. Louis Hall of Fame or Washington yeah, exactly. Not even the Atlanta Hall of Fame. He started to yeah. fall off, bro. He Atlanta had two years in Atlanta, man. He didn't do nothing for them. Let me he tell played you not, right now. He played, yeah, but he played he nine years, uh, nine years in St. Louis or with St. Louis, and then I think they became LA. No, they, yeah, he played. Eight years. No, nope. Nine years, St. Louis, two years in Atlanta, one year with the uh New England Patriots. Man, if you 18th in anything in NFL history, I'm not sure you should be like a major category the total stat yard thing for you. I don't think you probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Like that's not you gotta do better than eighteenth in a modern era with more play like eh, you gotta do better. You got you gotta do a little bit better. Yeah, if running back if running backs were a traditional position, um, still he might have a case, but no. Nah. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to hit that up before uh, we got a look. Glad, glad it wasn't one of those weird ass Trumpian level conspiracy theory questions. Yeah, much better than I know my normal inboxes from him. Yeah, uh, let me see if I can get. We got a little bit more team nickel news. We'll skip the silliness of. Um, of Jimmy Butler, because that was more pressing with Crowder. But Jimmy, you've been on, you've always been on a black baseball kick, but it's been coming up more because Jay Hollis going after you more. And the, the NBA, MLB has a lot of stuff. In a, uh, I can't fucking talk. The MLB <laughs> has a lot of, uh, how did I tag Jarrell Christian? I meant to tag you in this for Dion, but um, that's my friend that uh, coaches for the Celtics. But, um, so Dion was asked why, uh, you know, black kids aren't playing baseball, and they just had kind of an expo slash classic, whatever they called it, to show that they're trying to bring um, African Americans back to baseball. But let's hear what Dion has to say, and then you can go off. Also in yeah. high school, yeah, all well. And it's so funny because the reason our kids, I feel like, don't play baseball because ain't nobody clapping. And you know what's crazy? Ain't no sisters and they're clapping for you. You know what's crazy, yo? I played baseball too. And I was really good. Mm-hmm. I was really good. And the reason why I stopped playing, because I threw my arm out. It's pitching. Pitching. I was in high school throwing 86 miles when I was yeah. in high school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I threw my arm out and I got, I, I allowed it to bring me down. Yeah, you should have just said, I, I go to the outfield. That's what you should have did. But I I had this thing in my head. I, I just wanted to pitch. I wanted to pitch. Mm-hmm. And Randy Johnson was one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, when it came to, you know, pitching and things like that. But, yeah, baseball was my thing as well. And I feel like if you are an athlete, man, I think, you know, for, you know, baseball is a thing. This is the problem with baseball. Black fathers never played baseball. Mm-hmm. So black fathers are not pushing their kids towards baseball. Yeah. So when the, the African... So that was, and that was basically Dion's point there. Um, first off, I want to say on a, um, on a less serious matter, 
brothers don't play any sports for sisters, okay? <laughs> that is true. After it's, you start succeeding, yeah, you might get some assistance. You might. Yeah, that's not that's not where where we're at there, uh, Mister Dion, sir. Uh, but secondly, um, to to your point, um, because you had said something about the absence of fathers and and how baseball is a sport that you have to be taught. Like you need constant reps, you need constant teaching mm. um, and coaching. That crazy. that is true. I've always said that um, the African American community turned his back on baseball when opportunity presented itself in a faster manner in uh-huh. NFL and, or football and basketball at the pro level. I think it started at the um at the college and pro level, people realizing like, yo, I can get paid this much money like immediately um yeah. with with without having to put in as much mental reps, you uh-huh. know? Um and so in the case I usually use a lot of times I do use dual sport athletes so the Colin Murray's, um, where you are good enough, you're top ten in baseball, top ten in football, but you're thirty million in uh, football starting out, and you're probably five. It was like five million in baseball starting out. Like, why would you ever? Why would you ever pick uh, baseball over that? Like, like should have. <laughs> well, I mean, James Winston. James Winston. I don't know. Sometimes pitchers get fast tracked a little bit quicker. Than um than position player. He was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. He was pretty solid. But like I was like I was um telling somebody, you know, like culturally, you're not gonna tell us to wait on our money. That just ain't never gonna fly. No. Um the 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 nuances of the the play the game the right way and, and coded language does suck um, has been um, a turnoff for some kids who want to express themselves. But if I'm being honest, that's always been a thing with baseball and people of color, not even just black players. Cause the Latin players got flair galore. Yeah. Yeah. Got flair galore. And the old players never really let it stop them. It just they never really let it stop them. Reg, Reggie Jackson was in the, he's one of the more infamous ones yeah, that people yeah. don't talk about. Reggie was gonna pimp his home run if he wanted to pimp it. You could throw it, Reggie. He's gonna beat your ass and say what he want to say after. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean that's how he was. He was one of the one of the few, but like that's just how he was. Dave Winfield, another one. Yeah. Like yo, you could if he pimps a home runner, he do some shit you don't like. Throw in him and see what's up. Yeah. You know, and we and talked about the thing we talked about before the podcast started. We talked about Ken Griffey holding that pose, yeah, and Bear Bond and damn sure Bear Bonds, yeah, he when he was on that Roy stuff, <laughs> yeah. So, okay? like, yeah, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, so like that, those things, those things, like that particular aspect of it has always been there. So I don't really entertain that and too. That's much. the problem. Yeah, the biggest issue is that, and it's not. I I don't. I don't think it was intentionally done in the sense of attacking baseball, but just in general, um, funding and um, like the quality of, of fields and things like that all just systematically got run down. Um, and people stopped putting money into the community. Yeah. Baseball fields or something like baseball, soccer fields, things like that. Those fields 
typically are where uh, people need money put into because you can play. Yeah, you can play basketball in your driveway. You can play football in your front yard. You need a field to play baseball and soccer and things like that. So um, I think at the end of the day, the game just got too expensive. And I've been saying that in the group. Uh, I'm speaking from firsthand knowledge and watching the young man and his family try to play. His parents make decent money and it's still kind of astronomical for them to keep up um, where um, a lot of the kids that he that he has his peers on his travel team are getting instruction from their fathers or from friends of their fathers who went to college or who played pro stuff like that, where they don't have to pay because in order for you to be good, you have to pay to play. And let me get you with this. Yeah. AAU with basketball. We know the conditions of the black community, but these kids will have bake sales. The, the, the community itself and the teams with the money that people have to pay, they fight. Now I know baseball probably costs more, but they're traveling all across damn country. Man, you basketball every weekend, so it's not, it's not a cheap thing. You know, I'll, I know be, I'll be cheap, frank with you. I'll but, be frank with you. What what I know of, of the AAU scene, um, I got a dude who's pretty connected here in Richmond. People pay like like Nike, Adidas, like they sponsor. They will pay. Yeah. Like, so there's like, like a funding here. place. What I, I guess what I'm saying is. Well, I get, I get, yeah, I get, I can see that. But culturally, we, but even the kids before they get to that level, like 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, like who, well, I would say who was paying for LeBron James, but he did have a family take him in for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I remember they saying that, that he had a family take him in. It was kind of helping him out, which partly because of the talent. But, you know, it just makes me wonder the community is committed to basketball. So they're willing to put those costs out. And when you get older, there is pay, people paying. But the community is not committed to, and baseball probably costs more in the end. But but at the same time, I don't I don't know. I think the shoe thing too is a big thing. You were talking about what you were saying at first, and the first thing I thought was Nike, Michael Jordan making it. Because when I when I was a kid, it was equal, and I used to get Sports Illustrated for kids, and they would have these little cards, and you'd see the little gymnasts they would put in. But you'd always see everywhere you went somewhere, Michael Jordan. King Griffey Jr., uh, Joe Montana, you know, they all were all in the same pot. And over time, the baseball players stopped being put in the same pot of superstar names that, and I think the culture too is more individualistic, but those guys, like you knew who Mark, I always knew who Mark McGuire was. He was always on Sports Center before the Royals. I knew who Barry Bonds was. I knew baseball player. I, I knew Randy Johnson. Like these guys, like everybody knew him in the neighborhood. Everybody knew him, you know. And you just you lost that somewhere. You knew who A Rod was. And that's starting to get and Jeter. Obviously, you start. It's almost it reminds me of wrestling, where you have these people like The Rock, and you have Stone Cold, and you have John Cena, who everybody knows. And now there aren't any wrestling household names that are. Um, currently active and baseball is almost like that too where the stars are the last like the, the, now these people are good but they're not household names yeah and then you hear people say things like oh the game's too slow but like the length of time in a baseball game is about the same length of time now as a as a damn football game I but mean, it's the way y'all do yeah it. it's the way it's the way that they play yeah and um like any like any kind of suggestion to to fix that just gets met with like um it's like when 
at, you know, at, you know, at a job, when you first get on the job, you're the young person and like you, or you get a young manager on the job and they have a different way of doing things and the old people um, are reluctant to, to uh-huh. do it their way. And so they kind of self-sabotage it a little by basically just being old, but in, in actuality, they just, they just don't want to do it. That's what baseball kind of had to go through over the last year and a half. Like they tried to use the, the pitch clock. Um, they try to put the umps out there to speed the game up. Uh, when people call timeout, they limit the timeouts. Um, they've also um, limited uh, how many times people can switch pitchers out in regards to like uh, platooning. So you got to throw three batters before you can come out, you know? And um, they've tried all these little things, even allegedly tampered with the ball, which I'm pretty sure is true. Uh, <laughs> but they tried to do all these little things and like the umps just being, they're just dragging. You still got Angel Hernandez on primetime games, fucking up the strike zone left and right. Uh, you still got managers uh, who don't understand the new rules and complain about it all the time. Uh, the players haven't been as bad. And I, and I feel like um, there just, there just needs to be a, a, a more um, push from the players, not just from the league. But if the league won't do it, then the players need to step out and be more social. Get on, um, uh, damn, I was about to sound really old, but get on Twitter and Instagram and <laughs> things like that. Get on well, the Twitters. Yeah, because cause golf kind of had the same issue where people would bristle at the idea of interacting with people on, on Twitter. But I know Max Homa, uh, before he even won a, a fucking tournament because he's funny as hell on Twitter and he's got millions of followers almost, like, and he's cool. So that translates to like when he wins or if he plays in the tournament, I'll check him out because that guy's cool. And then when he wins, like, hey, that's the dude that tweets me, you know, or stuff like that. Or he posts funny videos like we there are people in the league with personalities. There's people in the league where like Daniel Leclerc's son loves Fernando Tatis, man, loves baseball, really into the game, but loves it because of the players. And his father's active and his father's actively watching games with him. But if people actually got out and went back into the communities and built the game from the ground back up in the black communities, we would probably see more uh, athletes. And and honestly, that's what the uh, MLB has done uh, through their uh, initiative. Uh, the game that was on Monday, the uh, Hank Aaron Invitational, the showcase that you mentioned was, um, it was 44, it wasn't even 44, it was 43 black players. There's a white guy that slipped in there somehow. Uh, <laughs> he got struck out at the end, but um, there's it's 44 of the um of the top like seniors, uh, juniors and seniors in the nation, and the majority of them were black. Um, like I stated, and it was just to give them an opportunity to play on a major league field, see what it's like. Um, and this program has been around, I think, for three years. I think is what they said because they had some issues with COVID. They had to shut it down a little. But it's all within three years. They've already produced arguably the rookie of the year in Michael Harris, who plays for my team, the Atlanta Braves. Uh-huh. He was a pitcher in that in, in that showcase. Got spotted by the Braves. Braves moved him to the outfield, and now he's one of the backbones of our team. And and we're making another playoff push. And this was in a three year span. They they got a gym, and he's just one of like several. Um, and the the four. I think it was four out of the five top picks this year were African-American players. All four came through the Hank 
Aaron Invitational um, circuit. So it's already showing some signs of like producing good athletes. And, and one of one of the four was Andrew Jones's son, so he's got the pedigree. But there's still it's still showing signs of of making a turn. We just have to give it time, and then they really will have to look into changing their uh, financial model at some point. And that's that's for the sake of the game in general, not just black players, because the Latin players will always come through. But hell, white players got options too. Uh, Joe Maurer was a great catcher for the uh, for the Twins. Right. He was a quarterback for yeah. uh, Florida State, or, or had offers to Florida State. Seems like almost all the baseball players are multi. Yeah. for some reason they're still multi yeah. sports stars. You know, yeah, it's it's and um and part of that is because um like um like Brian Jordan, uh, a guy that we don't normally mention when we talk about dual sport athletes, but he played. Football. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he played football yeah, and played. Uh, baseball and he said that um he used to get so excited every sports season because it was a different sport like that's what kept him wanting to come back to baseball wanting to come back to football is because he didn't play those sports year round so it was like a special time when he came back around to it and he said that um when he went to play professional football he said he was always going to come back to professional baseball like baseball never left him like uh-huh. he he wanted to be a baseball player. He was talented enough to be a football player, so he did both. And he said that uh, he thinks that some of that um, is getting pushed out now because of travel teams and year round. Like even football, man. Like people play football year round. Yeah, like that's I think I think that's wild. Not only is it wild, it's not safe either. <laughs> like you need multiple sports to help with multiple skill sets. Like I got my um, a lot of my quickness came from wrestling because you got to be up and down you got to be quick you got to be explosive um translate that to track and fill same concept when you throw a shot pin discus you got to have like quick feet put that into football and then i'm playing i'm 250 260 pounds but i'm able to play sideline to sideline linebacker because i got quick feet not that i'm fast but i can get to point a point b a lot quicker because i can read and react and like those little skill sets that i picked up in multiple sports is what allowed me to be a better football player, allowed me to be a better baseball player, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have that anymore in our in our um, sports world, man. People just play a sport now, which I'm hoping we'll get out of that, man. Yeah, I I, I feel the same way. And two, the thing I was telling you, which you you know, but I, I always say it as a thing, and I, and I well, I used to say it on page more often. Maybe I, I just ignore baseball posts, but. <laughs> But I'm glad it's in the group. But baseball, A, if you remember, we're old, and maybe you don't remember, but Ken Burns Baseball, that documentary, not only is it baseball, but he was telling the American history story through baseball. And you can do that, especially with the early days of baseball. And because you can do that, it's Black history. It's Jackie Robinson. It's the Negro Leagues. It's the only league that Black people said we want or we're able to we want our separate professional league because this is such a part of our culture we have our own league to go concurrent with the major league baseball or the white league and then you and you got the people like Central Page and Josh Gibson and then Jackie Robinson and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and they meant so much just like we say with these basketball players they yeah. meant so much if not more to the culture overall 
because baseball was the primetime sport. So you, I feel like losing that in the Black community is really sad. And I do think sometimes baseball isn't affiliated with like hip hop too. Yeah. Where or the music at basketball is, is clearly yeah. and football can be. So yeah. I think part of it's that too, that it loses some of that cool factor. Uh, and I think that's what Dion was trying to get at clumsily. Yeah. And, and, um, and at the end of the day, I'm always going, I'm always going to stand, even if I stand by myself on something that I think is important to the culture. Um, and I'm not pioneering baseball as like some fucking savior because it's not, but it, it gave African-Americans an opportunity when nobody else or nothing else in this stupid ass country would, it was the first sport to integrate. Um, and it wasn't easy, but it, it integrated and it continued to give us opportunities. So I, I feel like it's insulting when people call it a white sport because it's not a white sport. Not at all. It's not even necessarily a black sport, but it's, it's part of our culture. It's, it's what established the LeBrons, the Jordans, the the Ali's. It's yeah. what gave literally, everybody, yeah. like literally, gave everybody an opportunity. Fuck, you can even go as far as saying it might even push the country a little bit to fully integrate. Exactly. You know, exactly. like it, people like, say, yeah, exactly people say Christianity is a white religion, and I'm getting on my soapbox and taking a stance. But despite the fact white people, well, a is not from the very beginning, but despite the fact that white people bring it here. It was a lot of the motivation, the inspiration and survival of black people to get out of slavery. So once you turn it into that, you can't say it's a white man's religion when a group of people have adopted it and used it as such a a bedrock of their community. Same thing. Yeah. So I just hope I just hope that um, we continue to see what we saw in this last draft that people acknowledge that. African Americans play baseball and they can't play. I don't give a fuck if it's just ten of them, but if the ten are nice, then I'll take it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. we 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 have talent. That that invitational, uh, the the shortstop Ellis is going to be a household name, regardless. Like he's going to be a household name. He got praise from fucking Ken Griffey Jr. Like look, Ken Griffey Jr. don't even come outside. We just talked about we never <laughs> see this man. Like you never see Ken Griffey anywhere, really. Like he stays in the shadows, does his thing. He was in the dugout. He walked down and interviewed this young man with uh Harold Reynolds and Brian Jordan and, and was like like legitimately praising him. Not not like, oh, you know, you're doing great. Like, no, he's like, I wanted to come down and tell you that you were clearly the best player out here right now and you're you're just amazing and he the kid paid tribute to ozzy smith which i thought was great as well doing the backflip uh when he came onto the field i was like yo like it's full circle now you got a shortstop fucking five generations removed since ozzy smith but he knows of ozzy smith and his favorite player is tim anderson a black shortstop in in major league baseball and he got into baseball because of a Latino player. A Latino player was like, damn, yo, you talented. Let me, you know, help you out. And coached him through the game. And he got spotted by um by I guess some MLB scouts or whatever and put into the Hank uh Aaron invitational. And it's it's been great for him. And I think I think he's going to I think he's going to Duke or somewhere, but he's he's got talent. He will definitely be a top pick. This boy probably 160 pounds and hit 375 bro like he almost hit it out of a major league park in 12th grade like that shit's incredible and the kid that was on the mound that started was from Leesburg Virginia 
he got a scholarship to Duke for sure. He's uh, he's a top five uh, pitcher in the nation. It's just like it's crazy. Like I said, that it's slowly moving in the right direction. But I, I just hate for, and I know Holland is kind of trolling, um, but he might be serious too. But it it does irk me to have anything put out there by black people calling something that's not white a white sport. It's just not. I don't care if black people ain't there, but it's not. We had our own league. We have legitimate legends. They forced integration. They came in. They balled out. They're in the history books. They're recognized because of their greatness. And it's disrespectful, I think, to to their legacy, to the culture, to the struggle, et cetera, to, to call baseball a white sport. It's just not. All right, enough baseball talk on this yeah. show. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gave you 30 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got NFL previews coming in. Don't forget to rate, subscribe. Uh, probably going to have Sam on the show. and talk Oh, about, God. I know, a lot of stuff. I think just catch him with Better Call Saul, wrestling. Sam better never talk sports, though. And Harley Quinn, I know, right? Uh, that's the best thing, you know, to keep him off sports, but he's great at everything else. Um, I got, we got that coming up. Um, I'm going to try to figure out a way to do previews of stuff. I just haven't figured out the way how to do that. You got anything you want to promote before we go? Yeah, let me know what you're going to do about the previews because, I mean, Joe and I was doing going to do the NFL show. I don't want to, like... I mean, y'all could do the nerdy it. ones. You know, okay. y'all can do the nerdy stuff. Either I'm going to do, like, my individual breakdown. It'll still be fine. Okay. And well, you uh, maybe have to maybe bring back the fan cast. I'm thinking, and since I'm saying it out loud, Maybe I could get a representative of, of each team for a couple of different divisions. That might be fun. Yeah, and do like a round table. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with that. Um, just I mean, and if you ever need somebody to fill in like for a team, you know, I can I can do that too. Um, I was gonna say, I guess just drop the announcement that I'm gonna try to come up with a daily show like concept, um, more so to help me with my writing, uh, because I'm doing stand up as you guys know. Um had COVID for the last couple of days or whatever. So I haven't done anything per se. I was going to start I'm on not this... having it last week. You I, I know, right? Right. I know I was gonna look <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna do the uh the first show on Sunday and I was on my deathbed, but I'm, I'm back, baby. I rose from the grave three days later. Look at me. Oh love um, <laughs> that's only for time, sir. So so I will I will be coming out with the show on Sunday. Um just give it some time. Like I said, it's gonna try to follow like a daily show type format it won't be all political it'll be sports entertainment like just encompass what we are as a brand in ibn all right folks for actively lazy this is the commission asking you you got a minute fam